previously on the Revelation Station. This will be so much easier if you let me take the blindfold off. You'd spoil the surprise. What surprise? I already know we're at the cinema. You might as well take the blindfold off then. Ah, that's better. It's not easy getting up these stairs with a wooden leg. So, anyway, as I was saying, why have you brought me here today? I thought I'd treat you to a movie. The best movie ever made. we gonna do now this could take a while as we're at the cinema yes and as there are several songs by Genesis members that are only on movie soundtracks oh god yes we could review those for our listeners and now please enjoy the continuums Right. Well, that's those three tracks from Against All Odds. Let's move on. Okay, uh, before we do that, yeah. I am just oh, I'm really dry after all that. I'm going to go get some ice cream. Do you mind? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'll only be a minute. The, the kiosk just outside. I'll be 30 seconds at most. I can, oh, oh, they've got some lovely flavours. Are you sure I don't want one? No? Great, great. I'm all just going to go right. and get one. All right. Back in five seconds. Okay. Bye. I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> gotta get it. Gotta get away from that loony. <laughs> He'll have me listening to Genesis until I die. <laughs> there it is. Emergency escape. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? <laughs> oh God, there's no escape. <laughs> Thought you were getting an ice cream. Uh, isn't this the way to the ice cream parlour? No, this is the exit. Ah, uh, I must have taking a left when I went to take a right. Right, come on, back to your seat. film we're going to be looking at the songs from is Buster, released in 1988, and it stars the ever-present in the 80s Phil Collins in his first movie role. Oh, was he as a dog? It sounds like it's about a dog. It does sound like it's about a dog, doesn't it? Greyfriars Bobby or something. Mm. <laughs> Greyfriars Buster. Good old Buster. <laughs> Come, Buster. What? Somebody's fallen down the well? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing, Buster? Don't push, don't push me down the well! Ah! Buster, you've got a gun! Put the gun down, Buster! Yeah, not that kind of film, then. No, no, it's not that kind of film. It's actually a film about the great train robber, Buster Edwards. And when I say great train robber, I don't mean he was a train robber and he was great at it. Or that he he robbed trains and had a huge collection of trains somewhere. Exactly. Or that he robbed trains that were really big 
great trains. Right. It was the great train robbery, and he was one of the robberers. Robberers? Yeah. Is that the actual that's, term? That's correct, yes. Okay. So Buster Edwards um, was part of that robbery, which netted something... I think the equivalent amount nowadays is about £154 million. Pounds. That's a lot of spandulis. Yeah. So back then, I think it was about £3.5 they actually stole, but nowadays... Which back then, back then was, was a lot of money. It was beyond life-changing. It was. Um, and the guard on the train was injured during the robbery. I remember, yes. Uh, and the, a lot of the evidence points to the fact that it was Buster Edwards that injured him. Okay. So he was a wanted man. The rest of the train robbers were wanted men. Some of them were caught, but Buster and one of the other robbers, whose name I've forgotten, managed to escape to Mexico with his family, and his family didn't like being in Mexico, and they returned to the UK. What? Everybody loves Mexico. Exactly. Buster missed them so much that he decided it wasn't worth it, so he basically returned to the UK and gave himself up. Spent 15 years in prison, and his story was written about and eventually became the film Buster. If I remember, and this is a, a tree robbery fact, mm. um, weren't they caught because they didn't know who'd done it, but they at the hi- temporary hideout where they went to after robbing the train, mm. they had a game Monopoly or something, mm. and they left the board and game pieces behind, and the police got the fingerprints off the board and pieces. They oh, that's in the film. Yeah, um, but they 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 were actually caught because they were celebrating with drinking beer and drinks from glasses. They didn't wear gloves. Ah. And they left all those behind because they had to flee the hideout at short notice. See, we never so. made that mistake when we did our crime. We didn't, no. Nobody, no. nobody caught us. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. some say our crime is still ongoing <laughs> with this podcast. Crime against humanity. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly crime against music. Uh, but the film's basically a love story about Buster missing his wife. Oh, not about Buster and the rest of the... F- not about Buster and the Great Train Robbery. Right, OK. Um, and although the, the film received mixed reviews at the time, many of the reviews praised Phil's performance. OK. For saying he... It was his first professional movie acting gig. I mean, he'd done a couple of episodes of Miami Vice and a couple of other bits and bobs here and there, but it was his first major role and he performed very well. Okay. Singled out for praise. Nice. Not yes. bad for your first little acting gig, I suppose. No, it did quite well in the UK. So the soundtrack album is a mix of incidental score, which is by Anne Dudley, who is from the band The Art of Noise. It's some contemporary pop songs some 60s pop songs and then some new tracks written or co-written by Phil the album itself managed to get to number 6 in the UK but the single from it which everybody knows which we'll talk about in a minute it's not the first song we'll talk about but Groovy Kind of Love that got to number 1 in the UK and the USA and they also released Two Hearts which also got to number 1 in the USA Uh, also a track on the album which we're not going to be covering today because it's not sung by Phil is Loco in Acapulco by The Four Tops Shame, I like that song. It's a good song. It's co-written by Phil and Lamont Dozier of the legendary Motown songwriters Holland, Dozier and Holland. That single release got to number seven in the UK charts. Okay. So it was all round. It was a successful little project. So the first track we're going to listen to from this album is that single I just mentioned, Two Hearts. She'd always be 
So not about Doctor Who or Time Wars. No, not at all. Two hearts. Um, like I say, that was one of the ones written by Phil Collins and Lamont Dozier. Mm, and this is digging real deep into the Motown toy box, isn't it? it totally is. It sounds got a real Motown vibe to it. I mean, with, with the guys who wrote it, I mean, yeah. they're, they're legends in Motown anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hardly, hardly surprising. surprising. Yeah. But this really feels of the time, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I've got the soundtrack album and it fits really well mm. in, the, in the soundtrack album. Uh, it, it's the first track on the album as well. And if I remember right, it's been a long time since I've seen the film. I think it plays at the very start of the film as well. Um, but yeah, really, really good poppy number, I think. Yeah, the, really the like thing it. about this is it, it is a Phil Collins love ballad, mm. as you were, but it's not schmaltzy. Mm. It's actually listenable. You don't yeah. feel bile rising yeah. or you, this incredible urge to poke your own ears out <laughs> or any of the other things that are associated with listening to Phil Collins mm. solo stuff. It's a proper love song that doesn't have a dark, bitter twist to it. Yeah, that's true. It's because oh, it wasn't written by Phil. Otherwise, own, yeah. otherwise, it would have had some sort of horrendous betrayal written yeah. to the lyrics. <laughs> Just imagine, can't you? It's like Phil turns in a lyric to Lamont Dozier. And it's like, yeah, it's it's good, Phil. It's good, Phil. But I don't like the way the relationship breaks up at the end. Can we just? Drop that bit, maybe. And the, the <laughs> death threats. Self harm. Can we can we lose all of that can and we, just can we keep the love bit? Lose the references to wanting to kill each other. <laughs> oh yeah, but then it won't be seven minutes long. Well, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Three minutes seems more than enough for this film. Yeah. Well, you know, I suppose you know what you like. Don't you? Yes, something along those lines. Yeah. I imagine it worked. Yeah. yeah. I think it perfectly captures the, the spirit of the time it was written about. I agree, but and also it's it's a nice pop song. It is. It's, it's completely. It's a it is, and it's nobody can be irritated by this song. Inoffensive. That's the word I was lucky for. Inoffensive. It's a nice, happy little song. I really like it. I think it's a great song. Yeah, it's, it's never going to be one of my top five hundred songs. No. But when it comes on, I don't want to toss the radio out the car window. Maybe it's one of your top five hundred Phil Collins. Funny you should say about that mm. because my top 100 Phil Collins songs, mm. none of his songs actually appear yeah. in the top 100. Oh, okay. It's incredible. It's like the first 100 are just blank, yeah. and then the second 100 are blank, mm. and the 300s, they're also blank. Yeah. And I think you get up to this track at about 499. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, fair enough. After that, it goes downhill a bit. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, yeah, this song won a Golden Globe for Best Original Song Written for a TV or Movie. It did, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It was, and it also won a Grammy. For Best Song, I believe. That's right, yes. So, it's a good song. I like it. Yep. I think it's good. Everybody Thumb, else seems to like it as well. Thumbs up from me. Thumbs opposable for me. Yeah, good. Do you listen to another song? If we must. Big noise. <laughs> Go get 
of Us the soundtrack. This is the the second of three Phil Collins singing songs. Um, what do you think of that? What do I think of it? What do you think of it? This is going to slightly stun you. Mm. Um, I don't find this annoying. Really? Yeah. I, so I thought you'd find this one really, really annoying because it's I, a little bit repetitive. I know, I know, I know, but I don't because mm. it's light and it's mm. fun. Yeah. And yes, it is a little bit repetitive, but mm. I actually like this. <gasps> Stop the press! Sorry. It's a scoop. Gary likes Bill Collins' song. In his entire oeuvre, <laughs> there had to be one song that didn't annoy me to death. Yeah, yeah, I suppose and so. It turns out this is it. It's that one. Mm. Wow, I'm surprised, because I, I don't dislike this song, but I think out of the three songs, I think it's probably my least favourite. Not that I dislike it, but I like all three of the songs, but it just it is a little bit repetitive. Repetitive for me. It's a little bit repetitive. It's a little bit repetitive. Okay. A little bit well, repetitive. Well, yes, I, as, I, as I said earlier, I do agree with you on that, mm. but... I wasn't annoyed too badly hmm. by this, so... No, I'm fine with this. Okay, good. I mean, it's quite a positive lyric, really, isn't it? About, you know, you know having your confidence in yourself and, and you know, if you if something knocks you down, just get back up again and do it all over again. Call blimey. Yeah, it's not really the most appropriate song lyric for a film about a criminal, though, is it really? <laughs> no, I mean... The, the Tried to rob that bank? Didn't do it? Try it again another time. Go just on, go have on. A, you have can, a go. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there, there is that whole aspect of yeah. this, this making a love story mm. out of a criminal act yeah. that isn't a comedy yes. or anything else. I mean, these guys were—they weren't overly vicious, but I mean, yeah. the, guy, the train guy was seriously yeah. injured. Yeah, I mean, um, he had he had health issues because of that for the yeah, rest for, of yeah. his life. Um, this was no sort of Robin Hood type mm. thing. They were out to make their own buck. Yeah. And they were going to get away scot-free mm. and live the life of Riley on the Costa del whatever. Yeah. They got caught, most mm. of them, except him. So it, yeah. it's kind of an odd thing that we're here applauding this guy. Mm. Um, so, but, you know, films are made about all sorts of, of things. And yeah. This is, this is no worse than some others That's I've right. seen. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't come across in the film as a particularly nasty person. No, but then, you know, people, they want you to watch it. it so it's fiction, in it? Yeah, they're not going to... They're not going to say this criminal was a nasty piece of work. Yeah. Here, let's make a love story yeah. about it because nobody goes and see it. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. But I do like on this song. I lo- love the drum sounds on this song. I think drum. Is that, is that when the the music sort of stops and then the drums come in, manager? No, at the start. It starts with drums. It's just the sound of oh. the drums on this track. I mean, not in a piece in particular. Just the way they sound. I think it's really good. And. Horns are back. Yeah, but, but going back to your first bit about the drums, yeah. they should sound good. Phil's a good drummer. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't mean the way they're played, the play of them. I mean the sound, how they sound. Well, they sure it's a good drummer, he can make them sound But they don't too. sound like the rest of his solo stuff. No. He's obviously, he invented the gated sound of drums, whatever that is. No idea. I don't think me. anybody knows. It's a mystery. Nobody's ever solved it. Nobody knows what it is. No, it's, it's up there with the Yeti and Big Exactly, and stuff. it's just yeah. a mystery. So nobody knows what that sound is. But it doesn't sound like that. It just sound, It sounds like something you might hear in a '60s pop song. I think. I think mm. they've they've obviously deliberately done that. But I like that. I like that sound. Mm. And like I say, horns are back. Phil's got his horns yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Say, I like this song. Mm. I think it's pretty good. There is an instrumental version of this song, which was the B side to the groovy kind of love single. Really? Yes. Now, if you're interested in that, listeners, you can donate the price of a coffee to the Revelation Station podcast at buymeacoffee.com and you'll get 10 exclusive mini-episodes where I 
talk about some of these singles, and one of those songs is Big Noise Instrumental. So there you go. Get buying us a coffee. Indeed. Buymeacoffee.com, search for the Revelation Station. We love coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee. I don't want coffee now, that's too hot. It's too hot. Just for people listening to this, this theatre is steamingly hot. Mm. It is. I don't think they've turned the air conditioning. I don't think they have. And it's the hottest day of the year. My ice cream has melted. No, you eat it. My ice cream has melted. No, you ate it. You've still got some of the strawberry sauce on your chin. I'm going to say it's melted. I'm going to get another one in a bit. Mm -hmm. No, you're not getting another ice cream. You'll be sick. Right, so... I already am. (laughs) Sick, bro. So, the next song, then, is A Groovy Kind of Love. I'm so glad we're doing this song. Good. When I'm feeling blue was before this was most famously covered by uh, the Mindbenders, Wayne Fontana's backing band. Wow. Yes, that version is quite an upbeat guitar-based version. Huh? And this isn't. And this isn't. Um, but Phil didn't intend to record this song in the... In How the, do you accidentally in, record in the, the wrong song? Well, no, he suggested it to the movie producers. They said, hmm, what does it sound like? He recorded a little demo for them and gave it to them, and then he watched a cut of the film and to find that they had put that <laughs> demo into the film on the soundtrack. Oh, wow. So he basically said, Oh, oh all right, then I'll record a proper version of it then. And recorded it. Like that? Like that, exactly like that. And so he recorded a full version of it. Okay. Yeah. There you Bring go. It. And that's how this masterpiece of music it's, came into being. It was huge, though. This was Phil's last number one single in the UK. Um, and it was also number one in the USA, and he was nominated for a Grammy. Wow. Which he lost to, uh, I believe, Stevie Wonder. Interesting fact. Go on. Les Gray of Mud yes. also recorded a version of this song in 1977. Really? And Les, of course, was considered as a replacement for Peter Gabriel when he left Genesis. Okay, so let's yeah. get down to the nitty-gritty. Yes. Ask me what I think about this track. I don't need to, do I? <laughs> what do you think of this track? I... Hate this track. I know. I hate this track so oh. much. My flames up the side of my face. <laughs> I hate this track. 
beyond <laughs> words. I mean, you can't see me in Radioland, but I'm I'm literally clawing my ears off just <laughs> thinking about this horrendous, god awful track. <laughs> so don't hold back. Okay. <laughs> what don't you like about it? I hate the schmaltiness of the, mm. about this track. Yeah. I hate. Can I just say everything? No, because, be, be specific. Oh, man, I knew you were going to say that. It's hard to be specific, <laughs> but it's like a punch in the face. What mm. do you hate most about a punch in the face? Is it the fist connecting with the skin? Mm. Is it the teeth jarring in your... Go- no, it's the whole being punched in the <laughs> face thing. This exact same thing. I can't narrow it down. Yeah. I literally hate the tune, mm. the singing, yeah. the lyrics, yes. the just... Layers of layers of schmaltz <laughs> that are just buried into this. This is the sort of stuff that you play at a funeral when you want people to leave and make them even more depressed. <laughs> well, I must say, this is one that really did have to grow me. I didn't like this when I first heard it. I remember first hearing this, listening on a Sunday afternoon. I used to be a lazy teenager and I'd spend all day Sunday lying on my bed. into a lazy adult. I spent all day Sunday lying on my bed listening to the radio and reading pretty much. How things have changed. Yeah. I can't lie in the bed all day now, anyway, because they get woken up. Now you lie in the shed. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, So I remember hearing this and thinking, oh, it's a bit disappointing. Because, you know, this was the first song. This was the first song. That really doesn't sum it up for me. (laughs) But this was the first song that Phil released after I got into Genesis. Uh, So I'd heard No Jacket Required. That was the last Phil album I'd heard. And that's a lot more R&B influence. We've not got to it yet, but that's got a lot more of the R&B influence that Phil has on it. And so this came out and I was like, like you, I think, it's a bit schmaltzy, it's a bit meh. Not keen on that. But it grew on me, like a polyp, to the point where I actually quite like it now. I think it's quite a nice song. It is a proper love song. It is very schmaltzy. So going back to your analogy mm. there, or simile, yeah. or whatever the hell it was. You like <laughs> polyps? No, no. Okay, no. Just, just clarifying that <laughs> bit. But yeah, it's all right. It feels three minutes. It's pleasant. It's not offensive. Although you find it offensive. I don't find you? it really, really <laughs> offensive. The thing that really, really annoys me about the song, though, is when Phil says, I don't care instead of care. Yeah, that, that really annoys me. But I've learned to live with it. Like a polyp. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's all right. It's got a nice string arrangement on it, I think. But I'm saying nothing else about yeah. this. I have the single of this. Even even thinking about listening to this track mm. is putting my teeth on edge. <laughs> I can already feel I need fillings from the sugary schmaltz. Right. You need fill in your life. Phil oh, Collins. You. Phil Collins. <sighs> Have you heard the good word about Phil Collins? He stopped singing. <laughs> no, he's back. <sighs> Somebody knocked on your door. Hello. Have you heard the good word about Phil Collins? <laughs> he stopped singing. What would you do? Slam the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just look at them and stare at them until they got self-conscious about me staring at them <laughs> and then just eye. started backing down the driveway as I continued to stare at them and then they'd walk down the street to my neighbour and I'd stand on the porch and stare at them until they'd just eventually just start running down the road or if they tried to sell you a leaflet or something or an album yeah mm, yes I think I'd just do the same thing just stare at them until they just start Backing away. <laughs> well, thankfully, there isn't a church of Phil Collins. Yet. yet. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's that song. That's the three tracks from Bus Stare. 
tell you what, all these ice creams <laughs> that are playing hell with my bladder, I need to go to the toilet. I'm coming with you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Pe- people will talk. I don't care. People will nick our seat. Look at all the coats. They won't. You've got to look after the coats. No. And your popcorn. No. I'll, I'll buy you an ice cream while I'm out. No, I'm coming with you. It's going to be weird. Mm, don't I've care. Had, I've had a lot. I'm not of... risking you escaping. I've had a lot of ice cream. I'm not risking you escaping. Look over there. What? Oh, goodness sake. You have been listening to a Revelation Station podcast. Brought to you by the genius that is Gary Starr. The whining sound you heard in the background was Simon Heldridge. You can find us on Facebook. You can donate to us at buymeacoffee.com. You can contact us at revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Revelation Station production.